welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce this next guest as I travel virtually to Florida, my home state, and introduce Zachary Jacobson, who is currently the Florida State Football Operations Intern. Please welcome Zachary Jacobson, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, we were talking, you know, before we got on the pod about, you know, you getting ready to graduate. Just talk about that feeling. And, you know, obviously this past year was challenging on all of us. Uh, So what was it like going through last year? Uh, You know, being in a college student, being an upperclassman and then having a chance to graduate um, coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it was, it it was pretty difficult. I'd I'd say, um, you know, you you're so used to traditional learning, and then all of a sudden, a global pandemic comes and changes your whole trajectory in terms of your career, and hmm. uh, your academics. And so you just kind of need to take things how you see them and sort of readjust as as necessary. And so through just being so um just being so hard on my learning and just being so focused on the classroom uh even though the setting has changed you know the subject matter hasn't changed um and so just being focused on the ability to learn in a new setting was probably the hardest part yet nevertheless uh we're at the home stretch and we are looking towards the finish line yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, when I was going to school, I, I was, you know, at first I went to community college and then I transferred to university and I was always uh, kind of balanced it where I would take online classes um, here and there. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't always a requirement, but I always, you know, kind of liked the flexibility um, of having an online class. But talk about like going all virtual, what was that experience like from a student perspective and just being able to adjust and, you know, the first couple months going and then also being able to sustain that, you know, at a longer term. For sure. So I think everyone was, was really thrown in for a whirl, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a new pandemic. Um, everyone go home for two weeks and we'll figure it out when we come back. And, you know, two weeks becomes nine months and you are sort of like, okay, this is our new reality. Um, I think, I think especially um, as we sort of come out of this pandemic, uh, looking at five, 10 years into the future, you know, every generation has their monumental shift um, that sort of defines that generation and how people have adapted from it. So I guess for the Gen Z generation, it's going to be, uh, how did you adapt to COVID? How did you, uh, how did you face change uh, in a in a brand new setting? And so, before the pandemic, I had no idea what Zoom was. <laughs> I don't think any of us did. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I could go back a year in time, well, okay, more than a year. If I could go back two years in time, I would tell myself I'd be like, put your entire life savings in Zoom. You'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And so 
it was just it, it was incredibly difficult at first yet as you grew more used to the you know as you ironed out the kinks of Zoom, mm-hmm. ironed out the, you know, kinks of an online setting, whether it be for work or for school or for virtually anything, um, it, it soon became easier to adapt and transcend that sort of uh, that sort of setting into our modern day society. And I think that as we come out of this, we're going to be much more, I don't want to say dependent, but it will be a much more available option. Uh, for example, companies are realizing that you don't need all of your employees in 40, 40 hours a week in your headquarters. Um, <laughs> for example, if you're on FMLA, for example, um, giving that opportunity to sort of work from home um, gives you the opportunity to not only, you know, care for your needs, but to be present in the workforce. Um, and I think that despite a lot of the setbacks that technology has had in the pandemic, we've also had a lot of advancements. And so I think as the future sort of goes on, I think that uh, sort of how we've adapted to new technology is going to be better in the long run. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned technology advancements. Um, One key thing there too is relationships, whether that's, um, with colleagues at work, but particularly at the college level, how is the relationship piece across the board for students and professors and the communication there? I would imagine, obviously, when you're in person, it's a completely different um, atmosphere. And just talk about the challenges with that, but also what adjustments had to be made for you know students to make sure the communication was always open if they, you know, wanted to get things done or had a question on, you know, for their professor and the, with the classes? Great question. I think the biggest thing, especially for professors onto students, was reassurance. Reassurance that even as we were in the, the really, really difficult part of the pandemic, where no one really knew what was going on, just the reassurance that we will get through this. And, you know, having that sort of connection is super important. So when the pandemic happened, I was an upper, I I was a upper class student. So I was having a lot of the same professors for the same classes, Um, (laughs) the same professors teaching different subject matters. So I already had a (laughs) connection to begin with, with some of these professors as they had had me in multiple sections, you know, I was always a big participant in the classroom. And then if I had a question, I would always go to office hours. Um, And then, you know, professors try and do virtual office hours and, you know, that sort of flops. And then during lecture, professors are talking to a bunch of black screens with no camera and no sound on for the students. And so I guess just, yeah, like I said, the biggest thing is just reassurance, knowing that your professors are there for you. And um, a lot of kids in high school think college is a scary place where, you know, professor's <laughs> going to be hard on you and he's not going to take any late work or it's going to, going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And it's, it's definitely not that, you know, I think everyone is extremely understanding of, of the pandemic and the hardships that have come from it. And so, um, just the connections have been good. Um, we're trying to make do with what we have, especially in an online setting, but, um, you know, it will never, it will never be a true replacement to in person. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the, 
the universal, you know, kind of understanding of the challenging times. So talk about the power of empathy, um, whether that be with professors, with classmates, even on group projects, how powerful was it to have empathy for others, especially in this time and understanding that things are going to be different, timelines are going to be different. It's not the same when, you know, before the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just a whole new level of understanding and camaraderie and respect. Um, Kind of the sense of unity that as a community, we will get through this together um that was that was a common theme and so one thing though i did notice was um not so much in the summer but in the fall and now in spring professors i don't want to say they're not understanding but they are kind of trying to transcend back to what classroom values and lessons and projects they had prior to the pandemic trying to mold that into a post-pandemic setting i.e group projects where your group members are meeting over zoom or when sharing a Google doc together. And I've, I've, I've had my fair share of group project difficulties even before the pandemic. I'm sure everyone has, Um, but after it just added a whole new level of difficulty. Um, But like I said, making do with what you had is super, super important. And, you know, I actually contribute a lot to group projects um even in a post-pandemic setting but um as as they become more often um and more professors start assigning them um it it becomes easier and i feel like that's i feel like that's for a lot of assignments um but overall yeah like you said a lot of lot of students and professor relationships and a lot of student on student relationships have been based on this idea that we will get through this together yeah, I love that. I love that. And you go to a big ACC school in Florida State University. Uh, talk about, you know, your senior year in high school. What was the decision-making process to choose Florida State or even apply? You know, what was your decision-making process to apply to schools and look at schools? Uh, what was that process like for you? So I was pretty much bound to the state of Florida because – there is a there's a scholarship in Florida called the Florida Bright Future Scholarship. And if you are over a certain qualification on your SAT or ACT, your GPA, and you have over, I think, 100 hours of community service, you get 100% tuition to any state school in Florida. So I was pretty bound to the state of Florida knowing that I was having a hundred percent of my tuition covered. Um, <laughs> I did apply out of state. I applied to George Mason, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, <laughs> and I applied to Emory and I applied to Tulane and I got rejected from Tulane, rejected from Emory and in at George Mason with no merit scholarship. And so I was pretty bound to the state of Florida in terms of my college. I applied to UCF and I got in. I applied to USF and I got in with a full ride on top of my bright futures. Um, I applied to Miami and I got waitlisted. I applied to UF and I got deferred then rejected. 
Um, and then I got into FSU and I ultimately decided on FSU solely based on their sport management program. This was a career that I knew I wanted to get into. And um, Florida State had a great program backed by great professors and a great staff um, that I had time to connect and talk to. And after coming on a tour to FSU and after researching the different opportunities that I had at my other acceptances, I realized that FSU was the best choice for me. I love that. I mean, just the combination. You mentioned the program um, and, and some of the decision-making process. I, I love that. Great stuff. Um, so as far as, you know, what you enjoy most, uh, you mentioned, you know, the program is, is a great, but what, what is something about the university that not many people know unless you're in it, you know, all the time, 24-7, like those who might be in it, living in dorms and so forth? FSU is one big community, and that's a lot coming from the fact that Florida State has 43,000 kids at their <laughs> Um It is such a huge community, and it's so fulfilling to know that, you know, between the staff and between the students, we are all, like, one big Florida State community, and that's so, like, enheartening to know because I mean, even on the tour, you could you can notice it. Um, you know, a lot of kids on the FSU tour, including myself, were were super big on the fact that FSU on their tours really tries to hone in on the fact that they are asking the question, "What can we do for you?" So, with their over six hundred RSOs, FSU is so. Um, so happy just to provide just a wide array of options. Uh, the FSU Career Center is a super great resource at helping you with a resume, helping you with a interview, helping you with a cover letter, helping you find shadowing opportunities. I did a shadowing opportunity uh, with the Tennessee Titans from the FSU Career Center. Um, the Center for Public... Uh, I don't know the actual name of it. I think it's like the Leadership and Social Change Center where you're able mm. to go to these moderated talks and hear about people that have made such monumental change in society and in the world coming to FSU to talk to students. Um, aside from that, there's so many different uh, social opportunities. We have the Askew Student Life Center where we have a movie theater showing awesome movies every single week. We have so many different opportunities for students to take part in just anything that interests them. And so there's just such a vast array of re of resources at FSU that it's so easy to find your niche and to find what speaks to you. And once you do that, it's so resonating to know that there's a smaller community in that nature, but then there's a larger community in FSU as a whole. So whether you're interested in Greek life or whether you're interested in music or art or dance or whatever it is, there is a spot for you. And they really, really hone that in when you're a freshman during orientation and whenever they have the opportunity to. Yeah. I love that because, you know, being at a D one school, um, sometimes you can get lost, but having that community feel is important. And I love that you picked that because um, you know, it's always important to feel uh, like you belong and have those opportunities to grow and 
college is a place, great place to do that. So <laughs> I love <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, so talk about the sports management program. And obviously, you know, you've done a lot of different things. Um, you're currently the football operations intern. I'm sure that's a very exciting role. Uh, but talk about, you know, your prior experience and what you've been able to contribute not only to uh, FSU athletics, but other roles that you've had as well. For sure, for sure. So um, when I initially came to FSU, um, I immediately had an opportunity thrown at me uh, at Complex Sports and Entertainment. And what that started off with as first at first was giving athletics tours to pretty much anyone who wanted to pay a ticket. Uh, we would take, uh, take patrons around the facilities, um, take them up to the press box, you know, really give them a true experience of FSU athletics. I was doing that up until March and then the pandemic hit. Um, so we did have to stop tours, but, uh, coming back, uh, in August of 2020, our organization was able to do a bit of special events and other opportunities to, you know, sort of generate revenue for us and for un the university, while at the same time making sure that we were maintaining proper social distancing protocols. Um, during the pandemic, I was able to take part in an opportunity virtually over the summer with a organization called the Georgia Games. They are a nonprofit based out of Marietta, Georgia, um, that provides um, pro-am, uh, pro-am events over the summer to anyone who wants to compete their their ranges in athletes are from two to 94 and so i was wow. on their research and development team and i was able to research and spearhead three development projects towards uh an implementation of a new orientation and training program for future interns for fall 20 and spring 21 um, on top of that, every day I would develop and design uh, special programs involving uh, public relations, sports sponsorship, and just different opportunities uh, within the developmental aspect of this, uh, this program. And so through these sort of different projects and activities, I was really able to get a sense of how the sport industry works, how much time and effort goes into the sport management industry as a whole and whether or not I wanted to continue in this career. And the answer was overwhelmingly yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so from there, I was able to, to take things a little more local. Um, in fall 20, I um, had a virtual opportunity with the Florida Disabled Outdoors Association, an amazing nonprofit organization based right here in Tallahassee. And uh, it provides the opportunity for um, able-bodied people and those with accessibility uh, accommodations to be on the same playing ground um, and play the same sports and do the same activities regardless of your ability level. And so on top of developing projects and events to help coordinate this, um, I was also developing social media and operations posts. Um, we actually increased our uh, our follow account, our follower count on Twitter and Instagram by 15% just from the ability to sort of network and connect with people who are willing to spread the word about our organization. Um, from that, 
opportunity, I was just able to learn so much about nonprofit and so much about the vast array of opportunities that lie in nonprofit sport. And on top of that, it was just extremely philanthropic and just an extremely rewarding opportunity that I would do again in a heartbeat. Um, and based off those two experiences, I initially was not looking for something for spring 21. I wanted to, you know, take things a little bit easy um, and sort of enjoy my last semester at FSU um, while at that time looking for an opportunity to do postgrad. Um, however, an opportunity came in my hands uh, with FSU Athletics um, in their football department. And so I interviewed for the position and I, I got the position and I obviously could not let an opportunity like this pass up. Um, so currently I, I do work in the football office uh, as an operations intern. And that involves everything from just helping with day-to-day -day tasks to helping with recruiting to helping with spring football practices and games. Um, basically, wherever wherever I'm needed, I am willing to assist. Um, so whether that be getting uh, supplies for the players or for the coaches or whether it be just, you know, helping in the office, it's it's a really fluid opportunity. And that's what I like so much about it because every day is different. Yeah, I love that. And th there's so much good information there. And, and I, I want to touch on this, too. Um, as students are, um, you know, entering college, you know, during the pandemic, you you have done now two virtual internships. So opportunity is out there. Um, what was your process like, you know, and what I want to ask is how did you make sure to stay motivated? Because I'm sure... Um, you know, you had to face hurdles along the way. Um, so how did you make sure you had that even kill mindset to just keep pushing and and achieve and just not stop at, you know, getting those internship opportunities during, you know, those challenging times? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some days it was extremely difficult to not only stay mm -hmm. motivated, but to make sure that you were staying active in terms of this process of career development and your college development while at the same time doing it all on the confines of Zoom. And so I guess just one thing that helped me a lot was just treating your education and treating your internships like a nine to five job. Um, so whether that be planning out your schedule, um, that's that's what I did. That, what helped me so much i would say okay from 9 to 10 15 i have this class and from 10 30 to 12 30 i'm going to work on this project i have for my internship and then from 12 30 to 1 30 i'm going to take a break and eat lunch and then from 1 30 to 4 i'm going to work on this huge project i have for my internship and then i'm going to take a break from 4 to 4 30 and then from 4 30 to 6 I'm going to do an essay I have for one of my classes. Uh, I'm, ju I'm just making an example here. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just really planning out your day. Um, I'm, I'm a very type A personality, so I really like form and <laughs> uh, just sort of structure. That might not work for everyone. Um, if you're go with the flow, um, I'd say break out of that because that's not – I'd say – I'm not saying that's not going to – 
help you professionally. But in my opinion, I think things go smoother when there's structure and when there's uniform, but that could just be my type A personality showing. <laughs> um, I, th- I think though at the end of the day, having a planner and just having some sort of structure is a really good start. Um, you can even start with like the Pomodoro method where you're saying, okay, I'm going to do homework for 45 minutes and then I'm going to take a 15 minute break. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. just doing that a little bit longer and progressing through that. And then maybe saying, okay, from 9am to 11am, I'm going to work on this essay. Um, and then just from there, just slowly progressing and building it up. Um, I think that more than anything helped me so much having that sort of uniformity um, because I would, I would have that sort of uniform structure when I was on campus, like from 9.15 to 10.30, I'd have a class and then 11 a.m. to 12.30, I'd have a class and then 12.30 to one, I'd go get lunch. So, you know, having that sort of structure really helped develop some sense of normalcy um, and pretty much that, helped me so much not only being successful in my interests but being successful academically i love that time time management for sure. is key for sure um <laughs> um so i want to talk about opportunities obviously i feel like despite the pandemic despite these challenging times there's endless opportunity but talk about not only how you were able to find the opportunity, but to find the right opportunity. You know, what was your process like uh, to find those internships early on? And how did you determine, you know, that those might be opportunities, uh, you know, that would be really cool or just opportunities that were help you grow even as an So my opportunity at Complex Sports and Entertainment, my opportunity at – the Georgia Games, and my opportunity at the Florida Disabled Outdoors Association were all opportunities I was notified about through FSU Sport Management. Um, We have an amazing staff that is always so, so able to help help students find opportunities in the sport industry. And so when I was notified Mm -hmm. of these internships, I uh, instantly applied and just through interview processes um, sort of interest developed as a result. Um, and so I guess for those who don't have the resources of a major power five university, or if you are just getting into the sport management department, I would just say there are tons of free resources, whether that be developing your LinkedIn, um, you know, checking constantly on Indeed and Teamwork Online and other opportunities uh, where jobs are posted on the daily, or so much so as to just simply get networking, find an opportunity that interests you, find the person in that opportunity, and have an informational interview. Networking is so important in the sports industry, and I cannot emphasize that enough, because through this career development and through just professional development as a whole, you are able to possess so many different opportunities just from getting your name in and just having that opportunity to connect and and have the sort of opportunity to develop with a professional in the industry. Um, for my opportunity with FSU Athletics, I saw a job posting um, from FSU Athletics itself and um, I met the qualifications. And so I applied and just through basic networking with my now current superior, um, 
I was able to secure an interview and I, I was thankful enough to be uh, awarded the job. And so I probably don't think that I would have been able to get that opportunity if it weren't just for my experience networking and my experience in professional development. Um, and so I, I think that when students are trying to find opportunities and trying to find uh, networking networking uh, jobs, just be, be so open to career development and professional development, whether it be from your professors to someone at an opportunity that you want, or even just a kid that is graduating college in 12 days. So just being open to those opportunities is just, it's so, so helpful at finding an opportunity for you. Yeah. You mentioned networking. Uh, so true. I mean, that's how we got connected was through uh, networking virtual events. So yeah, it's definitely important to network. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I want to touch on networking 2.0 because I feel like obviously before the pandemic, um, a lot of events were held in person or, you know, I think what, ha and sometimes, um, you know, people might have been harder to reach so talk about how you have been able to network or some strategy you've used uh, recently to not only level up, you know, throughout your internship experience, but also professionally um, as well. And just meeting people virtually and, and attending certain events as well. Talk about your strategy and some of the things you've learned, um, you know, as. So one of the first things I was told um, as advice for networking is you'll contact 10 people, six of them will view your message, four of them will reply to your message, one of them you'll actually have a conversation with. Um, and so <laughs> you just have to keep in mind that you need to embrace rejection. Um, don't let rejection get you down because if if it does get you down, then unfortunately that's going to be a tough obstacle to overcome because there are so many different opportunities in terms of networking that a lot of people don't take for don't take because they are nervous of rejection. Um, I'd say in terms of just trying to network a with a professional, um, what I've done a lot is I've immediately applied for a job, whether it be a ticket sales representative or whether it be for an internship or whether it be just for any opportunity, and then immediately going on LinkedIn and trying to find the direct superior, um, or trying to find trying to find talent acquisition specialists, or trying to find human resources, and sending them a quick LinkedIn connection and saying, "Hi, my name is blah blah blah. I applied for this opportunity. I would love to speak more about it. Let's set up a ten minute Zoom." And some of them will read your message and not reply to you. Some of them will not connect with you and some of them will connect with you and completely ignore your message. Um, and for the small, small percentage that actually read your message, value that you took time out of your day to research this position and reply to you, they are so open to helping you and just networking with you. And 
regardless of whether or not you're actually chosen for the position or even if you're chosen for an interview, just having that opportunity to network and hear advice from professionals in the industry is so important at developing your career. Yeah, I love that. Um, networking and let me ask because it's always something that is told over and over. Do you send a personalized message 100% of the time? What's your strategy there? Um, I wouldn't say using a template, but using the same sort of uniform uh, direction on where you want an informational interview to go. Um, a lot of people see it as sort of begging for a job. I don't see it that way. I see it as simply career development and professional development. Um, and the worst thing someone can say to you is no. Um, like I said, embracing rejection is the first step at uh, professional networking and getting a career. Um, so I would just say that you you need to either find something that is able to you know get the message out um, that you want to connect with this person or just have something to connect with. If you find that your direct superior went to your school, I, if, in my case, I'd be like, hi, a fellow Noel here. Um, or if you're from the same hometown, like, hey, we're both from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, find, finding something to connect with or or even just as broad as if you're connecting with a, a sport professional at the team, be like, hey, I'm a huge Mets fan or I'm a huge Dolphins fan. I'm just making examples here, but um, it's, it's just trying to find something to connect with and just saying, hey, I'm super interested in this opportunity. Would you be open to a 10-minute phone call or Zoom just to learn more about the opportunity? And just use that 10 minutes if you're granted it to – sort of learn more about the opportunity that can't really be expressed on a job posting and sort of learn about the expectations, learn about the hardest part of the job, learn the most rewarding part of the job. And one question I really, really like to ask, whether it be on an interview or an informational interview or just asking someone just in whatever position they're in, um, in your opinion, what does it take for someone to be successful in this position? And just hearing about the vast amount of answers that are to that question has helped me so much professionally because it just adds fuel to me growing and connecting professionally in any setting. Yeah, I love that. Always, always have questions, even if it's not an interview, but always have questions. I don't know if... Um, you've ever had to interview somebody but not having any questions is is um i don't know why somebody would not have questions it's just not very favorable when you go into an interview or something and not have at least you know at least something to and add, like right? you can even one thing that i've done is i know what questions to ask when i don't have any questions um so whether it be like what's the culture like what motivates you every day? Um, not only am I extremely interested in these questions because they can help me professionally, but I just want to have something to connect to someone with. Um, you know, I just, I love conversing, um, especially in an interview. And so um, 
asking really good questions sort of lets that guard down um, between interviewer and interviewee. And then at the same time, just allows um, the opportunity to just connect and grow. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Always, always be learning and always ask, uh, be curious. So I want to dive deeper into your uh, role with the football team. What have you enjoyed most about it? And what is something that you didn't expect um, that you're ha- that you are doing, you know, on a day to day? Yeah. Basis? So on a day to day basis, I'm not really doing the same thing twice. Um, right now, right now, um, <laughs> it's currently Tuesday, April sixth, and our spring game is on Saturday, April ten. So right now, we are really, really <laughs> preparing for the spring game and um, trying to connect with recruits and their families as well as alum um, who want to come out to the spring game. And so we're doing that through different social social gatherings and, you know, promotions of box suites for the games, for our boosters and for other recruits and their families. Um, so that's basically what we are doing right now. Um, but aside from that, um, I haven't really been able to experience what fall is like. Um, I'm, I'm assuming just based off what I know about fall, that fall is very recruit heavy. Right now, we're much more operations heavy um, because we are in the off season and we just got off our dead period. So now we actually can talk to recruits. Um, but <laughs> as of right now, my, my day-to-day operations is, like I said, just helping uh, with office tasks, um, just helping with the day-to-day operations of the office. And then when I'm not doing that, I am assisting with recruiting um, on a very, very, very uh, minimal scale, or whether it be just helping out just with the team structure, with practice as a whole. Um, I'm basically wherever they need me, I, uh, I go. And so that that's kind of what surprised me most, um, you know, being being so reluctant to um, a new task every single day. But it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me interested in the job. Yeah, for sure. And talk about the the family piece. You know, obviously you mentioned the community of the university. What are some you know common questions that you know families have? You know, whether you're giving a tour. Uh, to a student athlete and their family, you know, when I was at Stevenson, a small uh, T3 school in, uh, in Maryland, you know, there was tours that were given, you know, to the facilities and what are some, you know, I was always fascinated by that and, you know, how, what are some things that families ask of students and athletes uh, when they're touring, you know, certain facilities and um, things that they might expect uh for their yeah, absolutely um one thing that i've noticed uh everyone wants their son to be the best um <laughs> so a lot of questions have to do with playing time have to do with um facilities um how many how many hours will my son be in this facility how many hours will my son be spending on football and to a lot of those questions honestly the answer is i don't know um you know, 
I can only I can only do so much as an intern. Um, a lot of those questions actually do go into the coaches, and they interact with the coaches much more than they interact with the interns. Um, but uh, some of the questions that I personally can ask um, have to do with just academics as a whole. Um, some parents are concerned with academics more than others. Um, but at the end of the day, FSU is a great place where you can have a great athletics team as well as great academics. We are, uh, I think right now, one of the top 20 public universities in terms of academics. Um, and so even wow. even from a non-athletic scale, if you take athletics out of the picture, FSU is a great university to attend. Um, and so I guess that's just one thing to really hone in on. Yeah, for sure. And talk about the academic side, obviously – um, I know that was really important. You know, my school in particular always had, you know, that that academic, uh, you know, certain hours for athletes um, to study and study halls and things like that. Um, so what's that like and how important is it for, you know, incoming student athletes to recognize that in their visit and to say, hey, you know, you're coming to not only an amazing football school, but also it is a place where you can have, you know, great academics as well. At the end of the day, student comes before athlete. Even it's, they're not called athlete students. They're called student athletes. Um, so really, really honing in on academics is a really important thing to talk about. And um, for student athletes, we have resources like the SAAS, which is the Student Athlete Academic Services. Um, on top of that, we have many different opportunities where uh, even student athletes can take part in uh, academic resources that non-student athletes at FSU have. Um, for example, we have a whole uh, we have a whole tutoring center where uh, students will tutor anything and everything you have questions on, whether it be for a sport management class or an introductory bio class. Um, Anything that you have questions on, they will attempt to help you. Um, and I guess that, like I said, the, the vast amount of resources that are here at FSU are just so incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, talk about uh, your goals after graduation, obviously. Um, getting through finals, I'm sure, getting ready for all that good stuff. Um but I'm sure it has still hasn't sucked in yet. But what are your plans? You know, I mean, uh, do you plan to, you know, enjoy the the summertime and kind of uh, enjoy it with friends and family? Um, or do you expect to, you know, maybe have something lined up professionally? Well, there's a lot of different routes that I'm looking at right now, whether that be grad school or whether that be different opportunities uh, to grow before I take on grad school. Um, I, I definitely do want to further my education, whether that be grad school. Um, I've looked at law schools. Um, I've looked at different ways in which I can grow uh, academically, which will obviously help me professionally. Um, but honestly, whatever comes my way, I will be happy to, to look at and, um, develop and sort of gain knowledge and experience on. If things go the way they're going, I'm going to spend the summer networking, 
professionally building up my resume, whether it be through an internship or a job opportunity, um, and really painting myself to be a desirable candidate for a full-time position anywhere. Yeah, and I love that. You mentioned, um, you know, academics after graduation. Um, Talk about that transition. You know, a lot of students, you know, I feel like it, it can be a great time, but it can also be a challenging time as well to make that transition. I mean, a lot of students, you know, either go on for a, a, the master's or, you know, other degrees, but talk about that decision-making process um, and, you know, how challenging that can be, but also the reward and understanding that, you know, just having that, you get your finish your degree at FSU undergrad, but that doesn't mean you're not done learning, uh, regardless uh, going on for an additional degree or not. So talking about having that student mindset, um, you know, even after undergrad. having that student mindset will help you not only as you go on to career studies, uh, but also whether that be. Uh, networking, or whether that be just in your day-to-day life. And that student mindset is so important at just being enriched in the world around you. And I guess just one thing to take out of that is that never let your student mindset down because it will help you in so many ways besides just in a classroom. Yeah, I love that. And I feel sometimes, you know, students... Uh, finish their degrees and they're like, okay, um, you know, I'm done learning, right? But that's definitely, you have to not only learn because it's regardless of, of things that come up, you're always learning, you're always adjusting. And if we learned anything last year, there is always something Exactly. To learn, and right? even, even people who are in the classroom don't have this sort of mentality that nothing, I don't want to say nothing is guaranteed, but that things need to come out of work and come out of your opportunity to take what you've learned in the classroom and expand on it. For example, um, I was, I was talking to a senior in, a senior in high school who wanted to come to FSU for sport management. And a lot of his questions had to do with, okay, well, where has FSU placed in the sports industry? Um, and I, I told him, I said, we have vast amounts of resources to help you get placed in the industry, yet at the end of the day, it is up to you to take those resources and expand upon them. Nothing is going to be handed to you on a silver platter. And um, he, w- he was extremely reluctant on the idea. He was like, okay, well... Um, where are some of the good teams where FSU grads have have worked um, post graduation? And I <laughs> and I reiterated. I said, like I said, we could say that FSU is all throughout the country, which they are. Um, but none of that matters unless you are willing to put in the work. There are some graduates that I know that are you know struggling to find a job because they did not take the resources that were given to them and process them and transform them for the better. At the end of the day, sure, all these resources can be given to you and you can have all of these opportunities. 
But at the end of the day, you need to be responsible for your academics and your professional career. Um, so making the most out of your opportunities and you putting in the work will help you in the long term. I love that. I mean, obviously, like like um, we talked about earlier, you know, opportunities are endless. There's a lot of resources out there. But if you don't do it, there's the ceiling is just so far. I mean, you don't you don't get up one morning and say, OK, I'm going to run a 5K and just not run if you don't. If you expect to win a 5K, you got to put in the time and gain the endurance to do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I love that. Um, a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, we could definitely continue the conversation, but um, I want to leave with this. Um, what is, you know, as you're getting ready to graduate, what is your proudest accomplishment either as a student or, you know, professionally with some of your experiences at your time at FSU? Graduating undergrad in two years. Um, right now I am 20 years old. And. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> That's amazing. Just congratulations on that. And <laughs> none of that would have happened if I didn't take my academics by the reins and really run with it. When the pandemic hit, I had the opportunity to take 15 credits over the summer. My my undergrad counselor recommended taking nine. And I said, I, said, <laughs> I think I can take 15. And I, I, I may do with it. And it was all in an online setting. And I did it from the confines of my living room. And all while doing that, I was working for the Georgia Games in my first ever internship. And... On top of that, I was studying for the GRE because I didn't know if I wanted to go to grad school or not. <laughs> and I, I was working so hard, but I knew that if I wanted it bad enough, I would push all of that aside and just grind and work for what I, I truly desired. And I can proudly say that I am so proud of my accomplishments, making do of what was given to me during the pandemic, making do of having 15 credit hours and being being so so focused on my studies um i'm so proud of myself for that that i have taken the lessons that i've learned just based off those opportunities and expanding on them so much more yeah i love that i mean the phrase is always push the boundary get out of your comfort zone because that's mm -hmm. where you learn the most. So, so I love that. I love that. And great stuff. You know, if people want to get a hold of you, Zachary, what's um, the best way to do that? That would be to just connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is uh, just my name, Zachary Jacobson. Um, you can find me on there, send me a connection. Uh, nine times out of 10, I'll accept it. And uh, we can connect on there. And from there, you can uh, learn about some of the opportunities that I've taken a part of and uh, some of the other ways in which I have made do with COVID. And if things blossom, we can have a Zoom call. And I'd be more than happy to talk to anyone, whether it be professionally, collegiate, high school senior who has an interest in the sport management program. Um, yeah, 
if if you want to talk, find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Zachary, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, man, uh, good luck for the end of the semester. And yeah, I can't wait to see where the your career goes. And obviously, the sky's the limit, man. I, I appreciate you Thank taking you so the time much. today.